Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 758. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about mortgage rates hitting another all-time low for the eighth time this year. That's right. This article comes to us from CNN Business and was written by Anna Bonney. And it says, if it seems like you keep hearing about mortgage rates hitting yet another record low, that's because you are. The 30-year mortgage rate just hit its eighth record low so far this year. The average interest rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage fell to a record low of 2.88% this past week, according to Freddie Mac. That's the lowest level in nearly 50 years of the Mortgage Giants survey. The 15-year fixed-rate mortgage dropped to 2.44%. The low rates give potential home buyers more purchasing power and should strengthen demand in the real estate market, Freddie Mac said. We expect rates to stay low and continue to propel the purchase market forward, said Sam Cotter, Freddie Mac's chief economist. However, the main barrier to rising demand remains the lack of inventory, especially for entry-level homes. The number of homes for sale has fallen to some of the lowest levels on record, said George Radiu, Realtor.com's senior economist. This has led to a frenzied environment of multiple bids, price escalation clauses, and inspection waivers. Historically, low mortgage rates are stoking demand for real estate as buyers are rushing to lock in low monthly payments, he said. Sellers remain wary to list and are often buyers themselves for their next home, so they continue to struggle with the same limited supply. Prospective home buyers are also facing tightened lending standards, said Radiu. So I want to pause here and say a couple of things. This limited supply in housing is something I've been talking about for months. It's basically an artificial cap on the number of homes for sale. And that is because when the government came in with forbearance, people who were not able to pay their mortgage were able to take advantage of forbearance. And therefore, people that would have sold their homes or have needed to sell their homes or foreclosures that may have happened didn't happen. So it's an artificially low supply kept that way because of the government programs, which is a great thing for people so that they don't have to lose their homes, of course. But I'm just saying this is artificially propping up the price of homes because it is keeping down the supply of homes. And it's always about supply and demand. So here's the other thing that we know. We know that 32% of mortgage holders did not pay their mortgage in the last month. 32%. So we know that there's a lot of people that are either 
qualifying for forbearance or claiming forbearance, whether they needed to or not, we don't know. And we also know that it is getting more and more difficult to qualify for credit. So remember, we've also been talking about how credit is harder to come by. And that's any kind of credit that you want to get. Banks are reluctant to give credit because they don't know who actually can afford to pay their mortgage. They don't know who is going to go into foreclosure. They don't know where they are with their loan losses and their reserves and all of that. They really don't know the real numbers. And so banks are still in la-la land and fantasy land. And it's very difficult for them to extend credit. So these are things we've been talking about for a while, but during all of this now, we have the eighth record low for interest rates. And that's also not surprising to us because we've seen the 10-year treasury note turn negative. So we've had negative rates already seen on some bonds. So these are all things that we have talked about for some time, and so I wanna say again this is a great time to sell your home it's not a great time to buy your home all right let's continue on with this article it says at this pace tighter lending standards and low inventory will squeeze housing activity and we will see a substantial slowdown in sales in the second half of this year he said although refinance and purchase applications decreased last week Both are considerably higher than a year ago, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Refinances are up by 84% over last year, and purchase applications are 22% higher than they were last year. So I want to pause again and say, good for you if you've been refinancing. These record low interest rates should be taken advantage of, and if you've been able to refinance, then you're saving money. The article goes on to say, the MBA expects rates to remain at these low levels, spurring strong refinance activity and offering homeowners some relief during these uncertain economic times with lower monthly mortgage payments, said Joel Kahn, MBA's Associate Vice President of Economic and Industry Forecasting. But he noted that loan balances are going up. Purchase loan balances continued to climb which is perhaps a sign that the still weak job market and tighter credit for government loans are constraining some first-time home buyers. End of article. All right, well, it's great news that 30-year rates are still going down and hit 2.88%. That is amazing. And I've never seen that low of an interest rate in my entire life. I was telling one of my friends last week that some people paint debt with a broad brush and say that all debt is bad. And I really have to disagree with that. Debt at 2.88% is not bad, especially when it may be tax deductible. You see, interest at 2.88%, let's round it up and call it 3%, is going to take 24 years to double. And that's using our rule of 72. The interest rate times the number of years that equals 72 is when the debt will double. So 3% times 24 years is 72. So it's going to take 24 years for your debt to double at roughly 3% interest. That 
is a long time. And that means that your debt is not accumulating very fast. Now, I do agree that debt on credit cards at 21% or 23% or 17% is a bad thing. And you definitely don't want to have consumer items that you're paying for at a very high interest rate. So yes, debt on credit cards is not good. But debt on a mortgage, especially under 3% on a 30-year fixed rate, well, I don't believe that's a bad thing. Not only that, but mortgages help you finance your home. They help you pay for it over time. And you can make extra payments to pay that debt off sooner if it's really bothering you. But here's the thing. It's not about the interest rate. It's not about the total debt. What is the problem is that when you have a dollar, you have one place to use that dollar. You can use that dollar to pay down mortgage debt, or you can use that dollar to save for your retirement. And if you're completely focused on paying off your mortgage, you're not gonna be saving enough for retirement. And that's where I have the problem because the real wealth is built when you invest. It's built through your compounding. And if you're not putting any money aside to compound and you're all focused on paying off debt, well, you're focused on the wrong thing. I hate to tell you that because there's people that disagree with this whole debt situation and they're completely focused on a belief system that debt is evil and debt is bad, but I'm going to disagree with that. Do you know that hedge fund managers use 300% plus debt in their hedge funds in order to get higher rates of return? Now, I'm not suggesting you do that. What I'm saying is the very wealthy use massive amounts of debt in order to multiply their wealth. And I've talked about the fact that debt also can increase your rate of return. I'm not gonna go into the math here, but I've talked about it many times in the past. So don't paint all debt with a broad brush. All debt is not bad, and debt can be used as a tool to build more wealth. But ultimately, what builds wealth is compounding your money. And if you're focused on paying off your mortgage debt and not focused on saving for retirement and compounding that money for retirement, that is going to be a problem. And that is where I think a lot of people have gone wrong is they've been so focused on paying down their mortgage that they haven't saved and accumulated and compounded their wealth for retirement. And I talk about this all the time. There's a huge difference in how much money you'll have at the end of 30 years if you have the same amount of money and the same amount of time, but you differ only in your rate of compounding. If you have $100,000 to invest for 30 years and you're only able to compound it at 2%, in 30 years, that $100,000 will grow to $181,000 that would be your retirement savings account if you were only able to compound your money at 2% a year over 30 years. But if that same $100,000 were compounded at 10% for 30 years, which is very doable in the stock market, your $100,000 in your retirement account wouldn't be $181,000. It would be $1.74 million an increase of over $1.5 million. Now, you didn't put any more money away, 
you didn't invest for any longer, you didn't delay retirement or do anything other than invest better. That's all you did was invest well. And you didn't even have to invest as well as Warren Buffett. You just invested a 10% average rate of return. So you see, that's why I want you to focus on saving and compounding for retirement and getting your money to work harder for you so you don't have to work so hard. Because all of this focus on debt being bad and calling all debt the same, even when it's less than 3%, is really not going to serve you financially. So I just have to say that I know there's people that listen to some other people that have a different opinion about this, but I'm gonna be strong here and say at under 3% interest, there's nothing wrong with having a mortgage on your home and focusing on your retirement and getting that money compounding and working for you so you can afford to retire someday. That's the best plan that you can do is focus on making the right decisions with your money and compounding your money well, because it's the people that compound their money well that become very, very wealthy. And the people that don't compound their money well or that only focus on paying off debt and not investing well and compounding well, especially since we've had some outrageous performance in the stock market this year, which is really incredible, that you can see where a wealth gap really develops when certain people are focused only on reducing debt and other people are focused on growing money and compounding. Although the stock market got started this year with this terrible decline that we had, since then the S&P is up over 3% year to date. The NASDAQ is up a much more impressive 22.5% year to date. Silver is up 49% year to date. And our small and large mining companies are up 51 and 52% year to date. So we've had some spectacular returns. We've had some great outperformance. We've had some places where you can really get your money working harder for you. But if all you're focused on is getting rid of your debt, your focus is in the wrong place. So if you can refinance under 3%, do it. And if you can put money away in your retirement account and invest better and take advantage of some great returns that exist and that will continue to exist, not necessarily in a straight line because you know I'm expecting some difficulty ahead, but had you been really paying attention this year and getting some good returns, you could have really gotten yourself far ahead. So... Let's not just focus on mortgage debt. Let's focus on compounding, growing your money, getting your money working harder for you. Because as I said in my email today, it's not all about the Benjamins. It's all about how well you compound the Benjamins. And that is how you build wealth. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. And don't forget, on my website podcast page, all of my podcasts are available. So you can binge listen from the beginning and see all of my podcasts there. Whereas some of the podcast players have less than half of the podcasts that I've done. 
So if you want to see them all, go to my website at lindapjones.com, go to the podcast page, and there is a search box so you can search for whatever topics you want to know more about. And we have our Summer Sizzle Contest going where I'm giving away 25 prizes. 10 people will win a Wealth Heiress book signed by me. 10 people will win my Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio set valued at $197. And five people will win a one-on-one wealth mentoring session with me. All you need to do is leave a podcast review for Be Wealthy and Smart on iTunes, or if you have an Android, leave it on Stitcher Radio, that's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com for Be Wealthy and Smart, and that will get your name in the drawing one time. And if you've read the Wealth Heiress book or listened to the audiobook and leave a book review on Amazon, that will get your name in the drawing two times and winners will be announced on August 31st. So don't forget to listen that day and see if you're a winner. And if you're interested in working closely with me in my inner investing circle, that's the VIP experience, fill out the short questionnaire in the show notes and we'll set up a time to talk. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and... Be Wealthy and Smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.